Hello and welcome. You're listening to an out-of-office episode of the Logistics Podcast by SHD Logistics. I'm your host, James Berman, Deputy Editor of SHD Logistics. The Royal Lancaster Hotel outside London's Hyde Park is the location of this year's Logistics Awards, being held on Wednesday 16th of September. The Logistics Awards is an annual event that celebrates excellence from within the world of logistics. The awards always recognise the interesting projects that are being talked about and watched by companies all over. Last year we saw sports retailer Decathlon, Marks & Spencers and the widely known Kuna & Nagel, as well as many others walking away with awards to recognise their innovations. Companies that win these awards are recognised as leaders within the sector. Aside from our usual podcast schedule, I'll be bringing you a series of interviews with last year's winners. So join me, James Berman, as I travel around the country learning what makes these businesses special, hopefully giving you some ideas that you can bring into your own organisations. You join me now as I'm on the train on the way to Nottingham to speak to one of last year's winners. Here's the moment that SHD editor Kirsty Adams made the announcement. So 2019's Logistics Award Editor's Choice winner is NHS Supply Chain. NHS Supply Chain is the national provider for commoditised products into the NHS. It exists to better the NHS, especially at a time when there's so much pressure on the health service to perform. The company shares a lot of similarities with the traditional logistics business, maybe even the one you're part of. But the nature of the product portfolio, the route to market, and the customer at the end of the chain, NHS professionals and their patients, makes it a unique setup. The profile of the product is incredible, covering anything from food consumables through to medical equipment like sutures and syringes. I'm now nearing Nottingham, where I'll get off the train to meet Chris Holmes and James Turpin from NHS Supply Chain. background to the structure and function of NHS supply chain. How is it similar to and different from a traditional logistics business? We are here on behalf of the NHS. We're here to better the NHS. So what we aim to do is through that full end-to-end supply chain solution is provide the NHS with the products that it requires by having conversations with it. What are the products that you require to give effective patient care? ensure that we put in the right solutions to deliver those products, make sure that we get them at the right price and then provide the right logistics operation to actually get them into the NHS at the point at which they need it. So I think to come in on the, the comparisons with traditional sort of supply chain and logistics models would be to put some context around the product portfolio, our routes to market and I think the nature of our customer being the NHS and ultimately the end user is a, is a patients, people like yourself and I who, who need the, the service of the NHS. So our scale, we currently have somewhere around about 400,000 to 500,000 product codes in our catalogue, of which we stock somewhere around about 15,000 in our seven DCs across the country. We have a, a cross-docking operation where we can bring some of those products, we, we procure them from suppliers, they come into our network, we cross-dock them, we have a consolidated delivery with our stock lines into the NHS, and we also have a, a direct route for, for the vast majority of, of, of the products, especially when we've got lots of variation in sizes of, of things like orthopaedics, they at the moment go through a direct channel. What I think is different is when you look at the profile of those products, you've got everything from, dare I say, uh, uh, 
food consumables, you've got things like bird's custard powder, all the way through to very unique clinical devices. We have things like sutures, we have needles, syringes. You imagine what gets consumed in a hospital, we have that in our range. So where I think it's different from traditional supply chains is, whilst people may have a similar scale and some of the retailers, some of the big Tesco's and Sainsbury's of the world, and, and there are other retailers, obviously have got probably the similar sort of scale in, in footprint of operations and volume of term, I don't think they necessarily have the breadth of product and therefore some of the regulatory compliance we need to have in place with regards to uh, medical device regulations. We've got um, medicinal products, we've got things like skin scrubs. So when you start looking at the product ranges we have, I don't think there's another supply chain in the UK at the moment that can reflect that at the same size and scale. So that, that, that drives a number of differences, I think, in how we operate, in that we've got to be able to service everybody with a very standardised ward level ordering as well so a requisition within a hospital can order for their specific ward and that gets collated up through our systems and through our, our operation to a consolidated delivery so when you look at all the different elements of what we provide I think there are supply chains elsewhere in the country that provide some of those elements but I think we as far as I'm aware are one of the only ones that supplied them all joined up and that creates quite a uniqueness to the offering that, that we've got. Just to add to that, I, th- I think that that's reflected by when you look at other providers in the market. To James's point, there is no other provider that provides the scale, the breadth that we actually offer. And in my view, that's typically because most of the other providers will be private sector providers, and they have to, they obviously, they have to create shareholder value. So what they're looking for is where are the cost-effective areas to operate, whereas what we're looking at is what is the service that's required from the NHS. So we have, a, I would suggest, a slightly different view around how we actually work with the NHS. So we provide all of the NHS trusts with a service, no matter how big or small they are, and they can buy as much or as little at the moment as they wish. We'd like them to buy everything from us, but not all of them do. But we still provide the same service. I'm curious to know, is there sort of an extra pressure on you guys and what you do because of things like equipment, the things that you mentioned, medical, than any other logistics business that's just moving boxes? I think we would say so. I speak to a lot of logistics organisations. Their product range for them is, they will class as critical. Ours is truly critical. There are products within our range that, if are not supplied to the hospitals, then the patient that's at the end of it actually can't be treated. So that is often at the forefront of people's minds. And what I've always seen over my many years in this organisation is the, I suppose, the, the pride that people in the organisation take from working in such an environment. So it's very challenging. We have a customer that absolutely quite rightly requests and deserves to have very high standards of service and and we work very hard to try and deliver those. What technology was particularly valuable to you in 2018 and is there any new technology you were looking to invest in this year? Do you think that any of this technology helped you to win awards last year? (laughs) Let's look more forward than, than backwards because our transformation project which was referred to in the work that we did with yourselves last year We were laying the foundations. That's basically what we've been doing for the last 12 months. So what we have is we have a technology estate that's built upon legacy systems. So it's quite old, quite antiquated, but very, very solid. And I think that's always the point that we make. It works and it's pretty rock solid in in what it does. What it doesn't enable us to do is to do some of those more forward-thinking things or even some of the kind of things that are now become more custom and practice in in other operations. So the year that we've got ahead is going to be a really exciting year. So what we have got planned is we've got planned changes to the implementation of our new WMS will commence. 
so our warehouse management system which is an oracle cloud-based system and also added to that is the new order management technology which will complement the warehouse management system as well which will start to enable us to trade differently and operate differently with our customers and some of those pain points that customers talk to us about whereby they talk about they'd like to have as all customers would an easier way of ordering from us an easier way of actually engaging with us these are the building blocks that will start to now be actually implemented which have been started being put in place over the last 12 months. How have the projects you've undertaken here developed since you entered and won at last year's awards, aside from technology? I think, obviously, technology is the platform for what we need to do, and, and we're looking at lots of other areas as well with regards to new development and innovation in, in, in the logistics space, but also in UK business anyway. There's lots of interesting things happening. So if I were looking at the award we had this year, I think the awards we, 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 we would look to be in position to win this year it's just the start for us i think we've got lots of ambitious plans uh, various elements will go live we've invested in all the existing infrastructure so they are, we are now compliant or will be for the medical device regulations so that's all of our sites will be temperature managed and therefore it's active ambient temperature controls so all our products will be held in a compliant way in that front which in its own right is, is a big undertaking when you take the seven dcs so i think where we were this time last year with yourselves and, and, and the conference we attended, there was a lot of talk about what we were going to do, and I think we're firmly along that journey now and accelerating with a lot of pace. Uh, as Chris says, the next 12 months are going to be extremely exciting, and there's a lot of activity around delivering the plan now. After the quick break, we'll be returning to the interview with NHS Supply Chain to discover more about their thoughts on the wider logistics industry and the challenges they face in 2020. I met both Chris Holmes and James Turpin from the NHS Supply Chain. They were winners of last year's Editor's Choice Award at the Logistics Awards. Let me take you back to the interview in their office in Nottingham. At this point of the interview, I asked what logistics activities implemented by other companies had impressed them. Despite the challenges around Brexit, I think the UK logistics business industry has been very buoyant. There's been lots of new technology announcements I think there's a, a number of things with organisations like XPO that are opening a number of large sites in the locality of us here. I think at the East Midlands Parkway there's some, some big activity there which has been pretty impressive. I've also had the, um, the privilege of spend some time talking to colleagues within Ocado as an operation, looking at how they are thinking about the challenges they face with technology and with how their business and model operates and how consumers might change their practice. So I think one of the things we have absolutely tried to do in the last 12 months and will continue to do so going forward has been to engage with our colleagues, I see them as, in in the industry, to understand where there are opportunities for us to learn because that's what we obviously need to to keep a learning attitude. I spent quite a bit of time with British Telecom, BT, and their final mile business as well. There's some interesting stuff around accessing diverse and possibly remote customer bases there with regards to community, as Chris has just mentioned, is, is an area we're looking at. So I think there's probably too much to single too many individuals out. It's great for the for UK industry that I think our logistics business, uh, our logistics industry, should I say, is, is really striving ahead, I think, more so than it maybe has done in previous years. I think it's very buoyant at the moment. So aside from the few things that we've mentioned, like technology, are there any other issues around the corner for logistics businesses this year? I think if we talk about ourselves for now, we've spoken about our ambition 
So our biggest challenges uh, for our coming year is the scale of our ambition, and we make no excuses for that. We're, we're, we're very proud to be pushing the boundaries in which we are to try and move this business forward at pace. So we've got a very, very stacked agenda, it's, it's fair to say. I think from a, a broader logistics perspective, when you look at uh, customers' requirements, whoever the customer is, we always want it quicker. We always want to be able to just get it at the touch of a button. So that digitalization. That agenda, I think, is going to only going to grow and grow and grow. And it's going to be interesting to see how, as we transform our technology from where we are now to the next level, by the time we get there, how we're then going to continue to actually transform further and further to ensure that we can provide the NHS with the best possible service that it can have. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think just to widen that out as well in, into a more sort of logistics sector view is customers want it faster, they want it cheaper, they want it quicker. But I think this year is going to see the, the sort of the angle of the environmental and sustainable sustainability impact to, to that desire. Because just because I want something quicker and faster doesn't mean it's necessarily going to arrive in the most sustainable, the most environmentally friendly way. So I think there's a real tackle for the supply chain industry to understand how it almost rounds that square. It says we've got to provide the, 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 the service our customers want, whether they be healthcare, NHS or, or private consumers, whoever our customers are, there's that challenge of how do we ensure that we do it in an environmentally sensible and sustainable way and manage to keep our business without increasing our cost bases disproportionately. I think that's the real challenge for the industry. And I'm really looking forward to working, as I said earlier, with colleagues in the industry to try and understand how other people are dealing with that challenge. Uh, we are as well, considering that. You start thinking about um, some of the cities uh, around the country, certainly Bristol are looking at low emission zones. You've got always you've got your clean air zones in London now. I know Manchester are looking at similar things, and I know a number of the cities are as well. How does that impact supply chain and how does that impact supply chain businesses working together collaboratively questions i think are going to get raised this year that we're interested to see how the industry responds the sorts of answers we get back from so you mentioned environmental sustainability are you supporting the wider nhs's pledge to reduce single-use plastics we absolutely are so uh, I'd say that we are at the forefront with the NHS, particularly through our, our procurement activity. So a specific area that we can talk about is, is uh, basically plastic single-use cutlery, which is being removed. And there are timelines already in place for that removal during 2020, which we are supporting the NHS with by ensuring that actually, obviously, they've got alternative products from a far more sustainable source, and that can actually be recycled or, or, or reworked after it's been used. So absolutely, it's very, very important to us. It's very, very important to the NHS. In fact, we found that plastics is actually a topic which has been on the minds of UK logisticians, so much so that we recently released a podcast episode dedicated to the subject. We spoke about new campaigns to reduce plastic use within the warehouse and also how changing the shape of product bottles created a more sustainable alternative to shipping products. The episode is called Let's Talk Plastics. Before we leave the interview with Chris and James, I asked one final question about what advice they would give to fellow logisticians looking to apply to the awards this year. The first thing I'd say to people to give them any advice is, is, is make sure that you do enter. I think these are important. The impact on the teams, the positive impact on the teams when we've actually won that award, the recognition for the, all the hard work that's been going on, which often is not seen and it's always when you get to the end of projects when people start to mainly to talk about them and what this helped us do was recognise the activity that we're doing as we were going through a project. So my first advice would be is make sure you, that you take the time and the effort to enter the awards. The Logistics Awards are to be held on 16th of September 2020 at the Royal Lancaster Hotel in central London. 
To register your interest in attending or entering the awards, head to logisticsconference.co.uk. I want to thank both Chris Holmes and James Turpin for being interviewed as part of this podcast. And I want to also thank NHS Supply Chain for making all of this possible. I want to thank you, the readers, for taking the time to listen. If you want to be featured on this podcast, send me an email at james.berman at informer.com. We've just released our latest magazine, which is available on the SHD Logistics website. Thanks once again for listening. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Mm-hmm.